Thank you for listening to the Wannabes 1v1 series, where Wasabi and myself, JD, talk to some of our favorite players, commentators, or content creators in the Melee community. If you support us, give us a follow on Twitter at SSB underscore wannabes with one E. There you'll find links to our Discord, our YouTube videos, as well as getting notified on whenever the new episode is up. Anyways, enjoy the show. So this week for the 1v1 series, we have a very special guest. I don't think I really need to introduce him to anyone listening to us, but if you are just getting into Melee this week and happen to stumble upon the Wannabes podcast, Ginger is currently ranked 18 in the world. He plays Falco. He has his own podcast called Bird Call. You could find him on Twitch streaming very consistently and likely in the next top eight we'll we'll definitely see him make an appearance but ginger thank you so much for coming on man thanks for having me yeah so i want to start off at the very very beginning um you obviously started off as a as a noob as we all did but Mm -hmm. from what i hear you started quite a long time ago um could you kind of give some insight into your early career yeah, I actually, I love my origin story. I think it's decently unique in the Smash scene, but I think that uh, it has, like, it tells a story of, like, the rich history in Melee, kinda. Um, so I started out playing casually, I think, like anybody did. Um, but at the time, I was, I think, six years old. I was born in 1995, game came out in 2001. And uh, I had a brother who was older than me who got me into a bunch of video games and music way ahead of my time. Um, and he was he was 12 years older than me, so he was he was must have been 18 by the time Melee came out. And uh, I got my first CRT, and I got my uh, first Melee disc for Christmas. And ever since then, we kind of played casually, essentially every day. We fell in love with it. I think that Melee has that kind of magic to it. You know what I mean? Like anybody oh, yeah. who touches it casually, competitively, they just they fall in love with it. Um, so I, I started playing casually, and then uh, my brother and I actually thought that we were the best players in the world. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people are like that. I, I don't know if you've run into anybody where no, it's like... for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're at a college campus or something like, oh, you think you can beat me at Smash? And it's mm-hmm. like, dude, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, right. So we thought we were really good. And so we kind of started a crew. And there used to be crews like uh, H2IL or whatever, like way back in the day. And we were um, the Invincibles, I think. I didn't come up with the name. <laughs> but yikes. Uh, yikes, big yikes. Um, but we put flyers up like around um, like local college campuses and stuff like that. And we would have people like come to our parents' house and come challenge us at Melee. And nobody could ever beat us. And we're like, dang, we're just, we're really good. This is awesome. We were just as good as we thought we were. Um, but then my brother went to a big tournament in Chicago and I was eight at the time. So we'd been playing for around two years already. Um, wow. We didn't, we didn't know any advanced techniques. We didn't know about L canceling or wave dashing. We would just use our sick fundamentals. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he went to a tournament in Chicago and all of the old school pros were there. Um, I don't know if Ken was there or a lot of the West Coast guys, but Chu was there, Chillin was there. Um, uh, old school Midwest people like Trail and Dope were there. And uh, they had all been, you know, doing all of the advanced techniques for the last two years that the game was out. And I couldn't go because I was eight years old. I couldn't go to with my brother to Chicago. But uh, he came back and he pulled up the driveway. And I remember being like, Cody, Cody, did you win? 
he was like, no, we are so bad at the game. You have no idea. <laughs> um, but in that, he met a few people that on their way back from the tournament ended up stopping at our house because they said that they would teach us how to do advanced techniques. And, and these people were Eddie and Tink. So shout outs to them. Oh, um, word. Yeah, yeah. Old school legends. But they, they came yeah. over to our house. They taught us how to do all the L canceling stuff, all the wave dashing, wave shiny with Falco, pillar combos, all that. Um so we fell even farther in love with the game and just started practicing hardcore every single day um, and eventually became even better and we would enter local tournaments and we ended up doing pretty well. Um, but I was this little nine-year-old kid pillar comboing people with Falco. <laughs> um, but yeah, we played until Brawl came out and then the, the scene kind of died. And then I came back in around 2012 when it was uh, like my senior year of high school I didn't have much to do on weekends and I heard there was like a resurgence in this old game I used to love and uh, the the scene was pretty big there was a tournament with Mewtwo King and I was like hey Cody you want to like go over to that tournament with Mewtwo King he's like yeah let's do it um, found out that they host tournaments every Saturday and I was like this is just what I'll do on weekends and uh, the, the more and more I got into it the more invigorated I got with the game and the better I wanted to get so that's kind of that's my origin story <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah. So you were Falco the whole time. Yeah, so casually I started out as like a, a Falco Ganon dual main. Not Sick. that those those characters cover any matchups or anything. Yeah, classic combo, you know. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I loved Falco's aesthetic. Uh, like ever since I was a little kid, I thought he was like cool and fast and down air was nice and having a laser gun was cool. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Falco forever. That's so sick. So early on, I mean... There was that little in between the brawl era, um, but did you have like any specific training regimens? Like, do you remember what you would do to actually drill getting better? Because obviously that's changed over time with everyone. That's a really good question. We had like looking back on it, they must be like the most inefficient ways of doing any of this stuff. But um, uh, no doubt. <laughs> but like, I would go into the uh, the Falco target test thing, and I would practice teching on walls so I could like practice my tech timings. Um, we huh. would set up motion sensor bombs on the ledges so that we could practice ledge teching, like if a Marth would forward smash you or something. Um, oh. And so, like, little ways of practicing like that. I, there was, like, some practice we did with, like, red shells, and uh, I think that was, like, for power shielding. We would try to power shield the red shells coming at us. Um, so, like, little funny things like that. And I actually got really interested in home run contests when I was that young. Um I would practice like the instant bat drops and like all the the like L cancel my aerials like with hit lag going through like an opponent all just like doing it on the the home run sandbag and I, I actually was like pretty good I could do the whole thing with Ganon where you send it to like infinite mode where it's like nine 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 um so I, I had like decently consistent tech skill I would also like wave shine a, a peach across the stage because I play Fox a little bit just to like get my hands moving but yeah mm -hmm. yeah did you uh do you remember watching like Eggum's video around that time? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was big for me too when I was just starting off was uh just putting Bowser on high percent or on uh handicap 0.5 damage ratio and mm -hmm. just hitting a Bowser back and forth little things like that. Um yeah, it's crazy how how far we've come, man. Mhm. Mm um so at what point did you obviously when you were young you thought you were the best in the world um and then when you kind of get hit in the face with, you know, top players and, and you realize how good the, the competition really is mm -hmm. after that point, when did you realize that you had the potential to get, 
like really good and and kind of what was your journey in that sense yeah that's a good question too i think um i think i was when i was a little kid i was just kind of mesmerized by the spectacle of all of it all and i didn't really have like a goal of like a certain skill level i wanted to reach it was just kind of fun to play video games and to be good at them but um when i got back into the scene like in 2012 um and i graduated high school i went off to college and i moved to the scene where the people were like quite a bit better than me and I, I like made it a point to try and learn every single time I went over to a Smash Fest. I was gonna like try and learn as best I could because I really, I think it's just like the competitive nature in me. I didn't want to lose. Like, I didn't want to lose in friendlies. I didn't want to lose in tournament. I just want to win. Like I didn't know where I was headed necessarily, but it was like, you know what? If I can, if I can learn faster than these guys, I think I can get better than them. Um, but I, I remember I reached this point in college, which this is kind of like a side anecdote. But I was like practicing tech skill and I was like, yeah, I can't like get down double shines, dude. And like, like ledge dashing is so hard. Like I'm not going to be one of those super technical guys. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to outsmart everybody because my tech skill is like not good. And like, you know, fast forward five years later, I'm known as one of the most technical Falco mains in the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that I had this game as a passion of mine throughout my entire life up until that point. And um, I was studying music education. I found out that that really wasn't what I wanted to do. The industry isn't just what I thought it was. So instead of spending more time in college kind of undecided, I, I decided to take some time off and really like analyze what I actually wanted to do. And I thought like music was my big passion my entire life. And if that's not what I was going to do, what else am I passionate about? And I was like, well, Melee's kind of blowing up. This was around 2015. Um, we had multiple evos we had huge super national tournaments the attendance was rising every single time Um, streaming was becoming more and more mainstream and i was like you know i think that i know enough about this game because i had studied it forever and i've like i think i'm a good enough learner to where if i really commit myself to this i think i can just become a pro at it i i really believed in my ability um so it was around that time when i dropped out of college I started working at Subway and I saved up money for a year so that I could move across the state to be closer to like the, the actual good melee scene where like KJH and Duck and Prince of Boo and Kalamazoo and all those Midwest legends kind of lived. And I was just going to practice as hard as I can and, and try to make it work because I thought I could. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And that, that leads me into a bunch of other kind of topics I wanted to hit on uh, mm-hmm. about your stream. Um, so I've, Notice that you are probably the most um, ambitious streamer when it comes to trying out new ideas and kind of exploring mm-hmm. the medium um, mm-hmm. when it comes to Melee. And you see other streamers, obviously Mango is the biggest streamer right now, but he does a lot of, he, he'll play a lot of Melee and play a lot of other games. So mm-hmm. do you think that Melee is a viable game to focus entirely on as a stream game? Do you think that you could build a profitable and sustainable um, stream from just Melee? Or do you think that it's necessary to branch off and to do other things on Twitch? Um, Currently, I don't think that it's necessary to branch off and do other things. I definitely think that you can make Melee work. Um, My whole idea kind of going into streaming is that I was looking for niches to fill. And at the time, there was nobody really like doing open analysis for anybody. And there was nobody like out there trying to teach everybody. Um, And I remember Duck saying back when I told him I wanted to like become a streamer and everything, he says, nobody wants to watch you stream Melee unless you're a top five player. Like if Leffen and Armada are playing, you'll get, you know, 300 viewers watching or whatever. And that was like, that was back in 2015, 16 or whatever. Obviously Melee is quite a bit bigger now. 
Um, mm. But I was like, I really don't think that's the case. I feel like there's so much like untapped potential with um, with streaming Melee. And so I ended up streaming my own analysis every single day. And um, this was this was kind of a process for me because I thought if I can practice on my stream and analyze matches on my stream, not only will I be like broadcasting myself to the world, getting my personality out there and everything, but I'll also be helping improve my my competitive career. And the better I get at Melee, the more people who will be interested in me or who will trust my advice when, I, when I'm teaching all these people. So I think that people just really need to find unique ways to present Melee to like kind of the, the community at large. And I think there's enough... Um, kind of like undiscovered ways or like to present the game that it's it's interesting enough and the the situations are always so different that you can make like endless content with it i i really think so hmm. so do you think what do you think other players let's say around your skill level um that 10 to 20 range mm-hmm. um who, what do you think they're they need to do if they wanted to also go full-time into streaming do you think that they need to experiment more or is there anything that you think you're doing that they're not? Yeah. So like right now, I think um, after I started doing analysis for subs, I think a lot of streamers picked up on people really enjoying that. Um, And I think that's something that people are doing. But um, the biggest thing that I think like uh, when I watched Armada streams, I would notice that like he's able to play the game, but he's also able to interact with the chat at the same time. And like everyone talks about how impressive that is. And I, I guess I consider myself kind of like the second best person at that. Like you, you can even watch Mango and sometimes while he's playing, he's completely silent for like a half hour or something, which is totally understandable. But I think a big draw is um, the community aspect of a stream. It's like you want to be involved with the streamer. And I feel like um, if you watch certain like top 20 streamers right now, um, let's just take Zane for example. No shots at Zane. His stream's amazing. And he also does crazy clips constantly. Um, but sometimes he's not interacting with the chat nearly as much as he could be. Um, I think really being personable and kind of being one-on-one and making everybody feel welcome is kind of a, a skill that not, uh, that like the current streamers don't really have. Um, and I think that viewer retention is really important. A lot of people will come in for the clips, but are they really going to follow? Are they really incentivized to subscribe? Do they really feel like a part of the community? Um, so I feel like you really just have to make people feel welcome and supported when they come and, and view your stream. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes in line with, um, I think, more generic streaming advice. You hear stuff like that, but I think people will be like, oh, Melee's too hard to do that <clears throat> and kind of dismiss it out of hand mm-hmm. and say like, oh, there's no way to actually do that. But I mean, there's proof right there that you know, when people will interact more and, and focus more on community that, you know, there's there's a lot to be gained from that. Um, so when you were just starting off, did you have this philosophy or did you kind of learn it along the way? And were there any ideas you had in the beginning that over time you had to scrap as you kind of figured out the whole process? That's a good question. I actually think that like the vision I had for my stream and kind of the vision I had for like my competitive career has gone almost exactly how I thought it would. Um, which is, which is interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I think it is really cool. I I can't say that I think I've had to scrap too many ideas. I'll, I'll think on that. But when I, when I was starting out, this was all kind of stuff that I had really thought about beforehand. Cause like I said, I was, I had a vision to become a streamer and to be a pro player for a full year while I like wasn't really actively doing it. Like on weekends, I would still go to tournaments, but I was working 60 to 70 hours a week at Subway being like an assistant manager and I hated my job and it motivated me more to want to be able to be a professional gamer. Um, Hell yeah. 
but it gave me a lot of time to think about like, okay, well, I, I would study other streamers that I really loved or really successful streamers. And like, what are they doing that the unsuccessful streamers aren't, right? Um, and a huge thing was just viewer interaction. And I was like, if I can... If I can get these people interacting with me, if I can get them, if they sub, if I can do something for them, if we can make this a mutually beneficial like uh, partnership, then they're going to want to be involved just as much as uh, I want to be involved with them. So uh, I, I don't know if I've necessarily had any ideas. One thing that is really difficult about my current stream is that I offer subscriber analysis to every single person who subs to me currently. Um, wow. I, I kind of want to change that model in the future, but... Um, so yeah, this was probably the muddiest thing about me streaming. I thought this was a great idea and nobody was doing it. So I got a lot of people who were willing to subscribe to me. And when I say a lot of people, I mean like 20 people. I, I had like 10 viewers average and I had like 20 subs and I thought this is sick. You know, I have 20 subs. I have like two emotes or whatever, you know? Um, so I would do that and, you know, not uh, actually a really small percentage of the people who actually subscribe end up cashing in on their analysis. So it was like, oh, I have 20 subs and I have to analyze like six sets, you know? And a set analysis for me took like an hour and a half. So it's like a good amount of work for $5 and I only got like a certain cut of it from Twitch. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm willing to put in the work for these people and I think if they see how much effort I'm putting in to like help them out when they subscribe to me, like I'll, I'll entice them to resubscribe and everything's gonna be great. Um, but what ended up happening is that I, I ended up getting better at the game. My stream got a better following and everything. And I ended up with like 500 subs. And, you know, even if a small percentage of those people want analysis, it's like, oh my goodness. Well, if it's like an hour and a half to two hours of analysis for me, and I have 70 of them to do, and I'm doing all of that for two and a half dollars every hour and a half, like there's no way this is like actually worth it for me. Um so I did, I kind of had to change my model a little bit. I ended up doing, instead of set analysis, I did game analysis. And mm. like my, my stream is continually growing and I'm getting more and more unique subscribers. So I, I might change it soon in the future to be like tier two or tier three subs get analysis. But that was like something that I didn't really envision going wrong. But I, I guess it makes a lot of sense why it did. <laughs> well, definitely a good problem. You know, that's, that's kind of the, it's more of a, a problem of growth and, uh, and scale than it is of actual, like your philosophy, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's really cool. I mean, obviously, well, not obviously, but did you end up doing that all on stream? Those, um, those analysis? Yeah, that, that was the thing. I wanted to feed content into content. This has always been an idea for me too, is that I do it all on stream. So this is a VOD for everybody to review. I want anybody to watch and who whoever wants to learn has access to it. So I hired a YouTube editor. I said like, hey, look, every time I do an analysis, I'm going to send you the VOD. I want to upload it to, to YouTube so that anybody can view it. We want to promote this on Reddit. Um, so I just try to spread it as far as I can. And then if I'm going to be doing analysis for somebody, I want to also be able to like move that content into like other areas so that I can have some cross pollination, get people invested from like the YouTube scene that might not know about my stream, post about it on my Twitter, um, have other people have like testimonials about how good my, my analysis is online. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely stream all that kind of content so I can feed it back into this loop. Right. And the distribution part, I think is really important too. you know, cross pollination, as you said, but um, having something and making sure it doesn't just stay on Twitch or stay in just this world of clips and all that. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas of how to distribute, you know, to new venues? Are, are you experimenting with that at all and trying new things there? 
like online venues you're talking about yeah 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 i mean it's kind of tricky um it's it's difficult to get people to hear about you that might otherwise not have in like different spheres um and the the idea is like reducing the amount of friction it takes and so um for example if someone wanted to know about my analysis before they would have had to be following me on twitter see my going live notification click on my stream link hopefully then i'm doing analysis while they're like there uh, i didn't have a stream schedule at the time so it was like difficult for them to do that um so just like marketing and promoting myself a little bit better um would work the the problem is the community is kind of separated in a bunch of different places and it's hard to get traction in certain places as well like you can post on facebook but you know you're probably not catching that many people who are actually going to click on the link um, so you kind of have to know where you're going and you have to know your audience as well. Um, really the smash scene revolves around Twitter for the most part. And then there are like local communities on Facebook. And then there's this much larger, like spectator perspective on Reddit. And those are kind of the people that I try to come and check out and be a little bit more active. Um, but other than that, it feels like the community, um, isn't really in any other venues on the, the internet. It seems. Do you ever think about um your role or maybe the community's role in garnering new viewers and do you think that there's an opportunity for you to be that person who uh, is the first person people see in the melee community do you think uh, how, how do you think the melee community can grow from from your perspective yeah i i think it's a it's an interesting thing to think about um i'm not entirely certain about how it's going to happen i've definitely a lot of people had said like hey one of your videos were like the first i ever saw and now i want to like play falco do you know like how to get involved in my local community like these are comments i see pretty pretty um like uh pretty often in my stream like people will just type this in the chat and i'll be like hey check out your local facebook page and go to a tournament a lot of people will say like hey i watched your um, video about mentality it's really cool that you have that and that wasn't necessarily smash focus, but they'd come and check out my stream, get involved in melee and all that stuff. Um, but I think that there's, we could be doing a better job for sure of promoting our, our scenes throughout. Um, I think probably the best way to do it is through other gaming communities. I think if we made it more accessible to like FGC people to like come and try out melee, I think the best way to get new people involved though, is by getting a controller in their hands and having them play melee. I, I legitimately think just like I was talking about when I was a kid, like, there's this magic to it. No matter if you're a, a casual spectator, if you're literally terrible at the game, it's still fun to play, no matter who you are. Um, but the the problem is, uh, or, or at least what my perceived problem is for getting new people involved in the scene is that um, it's kind of difficult. There's a lot of barriers to entry at the moment for getting like an actual melee setup. You need to get an old CRT television. You need to get either a GameCube or a hacked Wii, like for all the... like how many kids out there know how to hack their Wii to get 20XX or whatever without following some big guide, you know? Um, yeah. and they need to meet up in person if they have a CRT with another person that wants to play. Um, all of those things can be decently difficult. I do think that like net play and things like that have helped a lot, but even then you have to have a desktop computer with a good enough monitor to where you actually feel like playing. And um, so there's, there's barriers to entry, but I think just like promoting it and maybe um, talking to local scenes or having, I think, like, promoting local tournaments. I, I think it all kind of starts locally. I think if there's a local tournament that somebody can go to that's five minutes away from their house so they don't have to necessarily like buy a CRT and do all that stuff, they can get involved in the community, see what it's like, talk to the people, get a controller in their hands. I think that's, like, the way that you really build the community. It's really from the ground up. Oh, for sure. I think TOs are definitely the um, 
the most underappreciated aspect of our entire ecosystem without Definitely. a doubt yeah um so shout outs to every to that's ever um uh started a smash.gg page <laughs> you, know, you yes. guys are you guys are killing it um so that's that's like community growth right and that's something i think we're always kind of keeping on the back burner of how do we get more people how do we you know introduce people to either just spectating or as you said picking up a controller and feeling mm-hmm. the magic um and that's kind of always something we're struggling with but recently mm-hmm. the the melee community has had a discussion on financial growth and getting mm-hmm. more money put into the community and you played a, a pretty significant role in bolstering <laughs> that conversation um posting a bunch of ideas that you've brainstormed through your stream as as you said um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and no most notably a dunk tank for mute to king which i would pay <laughs> every dollar in my savings account to participate <laughs> in so i think you might have solved it um so do you think i mean this very moment october 22nd 2019 that conversation has already seemed to have faded at least mm-hmm. from where i'm standing um so do you think that there's any part that you'd want to get back into the melee zeitgeist as it were is there anything you think is still really important that we should talk about I mean, goodness, I had the exact thought today. I was like, man, remember when everyone was talking about money and melee for that week? And uh, I really didn't want it to be one of those issues where it just comes and goes. I wanted us to, like, kind of find a solution or whatever. Um, And I I guess I, quote unquote, did my part by getting part of the conversation started. But I, I still think there's so much work that needs to be done that people are kind of ignoring. I think that it's, like, it's fun or whatever to talk about the sensation of, like, hey, all this crazy stuff is happening and big tournaments are happening and nobody's getting paid. And then, does anybody actually want to do the work? Uh, it's tough, right? It, it's just like when you want to get better at Melee. It's like, well, do you really want to practice the really boring defensive things? Or do you just want to like press buttons and play with your friends? But like the people who are willing to put in the time to actually practice the boring things are the people who are probably winning tournaments today. Um, but it's the same thing with the scene. You actually have to put in all of the grueling hours of work and you have to get the community involved. You have to get players motivated to actually participate in some of the like incentives that you're talking about. Um, I'm doing another thing too. This is kind of like a potentially a side thing, but I'm actually going ahead and I'm running an invitational tournament in SoCal, uh, pretty soon. It's like a summit esque sort of thing, um, in an apartment, but it's going to be super high production value. It's happening November 23rd. If I can, I guess, plug it or whatever. Um, but we're doing that. And part of the thing about it is that all of the donations that I'm going to be taking from my stream for essentially like the next month, every donation is going to be going to the prize pot of that tournament. So if people actually want to support the scene, um, and we're going to be doing tons of giveaways for viewers and all that stuff. Anybody who donates is going to be like put into a, a raffle. We're going to be doing tons of stuff like that. Um, so it's a direct way for the community to financially support the actual players who are going out and putting on a show for people. Um, so this is just a really small way of like how I'm getting involved. Um, and it does sadden me to see that a lot of people have stopped talking about it, but, um, I think that there are motivated people out there who definitely want to put in a good amount of work. It's just going to, it's going to take time and I don't think it's going to be some big loud spectacle um, like it kind of has been the last couple weeks. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard because we don't have any sort of governing body or overarching kind of authority that Mm -hmm. kind of establishes the rules. And so from where I'm standing and I'm uh, admittedly too much on Twitter nowadays, but um, (laughs) It really, it felt like a giant brainstorming session with, I, I thought 
was really good conversation. Like people were really engaging um, with the topic and, and grappling with it in a very serious and genuine mm-hmm. way. And then videos like, uh, I don't know if you saw Tafo's video on the subject. Um, yep. I, th- I thought it was really well informed and, and had a really good perspective to it also. But I think what we're struggling with now is kind of, okay, we have all these ideas, but the implementation requires some sort of risk, you know, mm-hmm. either some sort of time investment or, you know, ironically financial investment to, to actually build the infrastructure that could bring that money in. Um, right. So you just brought up this tournament and I don't know how much you are willing to discuss. Maybe you wanted to just kind of tease it. Um, so what were the like logistical challenges of, of building this? And do you think it's something that can be um, replicated? I mean, you haven't started collecting the donations for it yet, so maybe it's hard to tell what can be replicated and what can't be. But um, mm-hmm. what challenges are you facing with this with this tournament right now? Well, this is a, it's kind of an experimental project that we're working on, but I, I was like lucky enough, like one of my subscribers um, is in media production. He like works at this big visual effects studio and has access to a lot of really good equipment. And he was like, hey, if you really want to help get money into the scene, or if you really want to help produce content or grow the scene and, and all that stuff, like I have the equipment. If you want to come out here, make some content, run a tournament, get the community involved, like let's talk ideas. And I was like, Oh, goodness. Uh, this is fantastic. So I was like, perfect. I'll run with it. So I'm going to be spending like three weeks in Santa Monica. All of this is open, by the way. You can ask any questions about it that you want. Um, cool. We're like pretty actively brainstorming with him about a bunch of stuff. Um, but it's uh, the, some of the logistical challenges is like I had to, well, first of all, I had to find a weekend where it was all going to work. I had it a, a, an event planned or for a different weekend. And then I was like, oh man, that's on the same weekend as DreamHack Atlanta and like one other tournament too. And the weekend before that was during Genesis Black. And even the one that we're running now, I think is like the weekend before Thanksgiving. So some people might be gone. Um, but the other thing too is making sure that I'm able to get players that are um, enticed to go because when Summit runs an event, they have a history. I don't know how they started. Well, I know that they started with other games like Dota and all that, but they built themselves kind of an empire. They take themselves very seriously and they're, they're you know, uh, they're within the online gaming community. So when they ask Smash to be a part of it, we're like, oh, heck yeah. That's like, this is an awesome opportunity for the Smash community as a whole. But when Ginger says... Hi, guys. Uh, I've never run a tournament before, but it would be really cool if you came to my Invitational. It's a, it's a little different, but um, we're trying to make it so if any of the invitees want to like produce any sort of content, if they want to promote anything that they're working on, um, I haven't necessarily talked to Mike Hayes about it, but like an idea is that we play Mike Hayes' music in between um, different sections. Like if we're in a transitional period, if it's like Be Right Back or whatever, we'll play his thing and like have a link to his shop. Um, we want everybody to be able to thrive. We want, if you want to produce content, if you want to get your brand out there, this is an opportunity for you to grow and it's an opportunity for the community to sort, support everybody. Um, so that's kind of the the thing that I want to entice the players. And then I think like making all this content and having this sort of tournament will um, really incentivize the community to get involved financially and hopefully giving back to them through like giveaways and, and the whole tournament experience will be just like mutually beneficial for everybody. Yeah, well, it it sounds like your philosophy is really, like, on par with not to get too political, but it's kind of like a, a little socialist. Like, it's kind of like all. <laughs> built, I really am not trying to touch that topic at all, but you know what I'm. It's not like everyone for himself. It's like we're all gonna put our brains together. We're just gonna 
build something mm-hmm. that makes us all kind of improve um, rather than kind of we all just kind of fend for ourselves and you know because because melee is at its heart you know it's it's a 1v1 or 2v2 game it's mm-hmm. it's not a real cooperative sport in a lot of ways so it's right. kind of it kind of goes against the the whole you know the, the game itself to to build it like this but i agree i think it's probably the best way forward to realize how much talent and how much passion we have and to bring mm-hmm. all of that together into one project um i think it's going to be really successful i mean i'm certainly going to you know tune in support it do what i can to to make it as good as it can be Thank it's you. really yeah, sick i, I, I didn't even know that you guys were working on this this is i feel like we're getting the inside scoop here yeah yeah this is a very new development and like things have, have just kind of started happening today for a little bit of like extra info um these people are not confirmed but they said that they are interested um fiction and ibdw both said that they are very interested um and they're going to keep me updated about whether or not they're going to go and then captain face roll and s fat said that they will go so like we're working with that level of talent like really high level players we want to get us all in a room we can all share our personalities grow our brands and it's all going to be excellent that's kind of the idea um one thing I did want to touch on quickly was uh, you were talking about how it sounds like a little socialist. It's not everybody, like one person fending for themselves or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you think about Melee, it's just, it blows my mind. I don't know if it blows yours. So like the game is almost 20 years old and it was played on GameCubes and we need CRT televisions to play it. And somehow it's still one of the like largest esports in the world, like yep. spectator wise, oh. getting all these viewers, but how and why? Um, right. So I've, I've thought a lot about that. Like, what is it? What's the heartbeat that keeps the community going? And it's like, it, it really is everybody supporting everybody. Um, when you go to a tournament, you pay $5 and like, that is like your, you're giving to the community and you're able to enter the tournament too. Everybody's scratching each other backs all the way to the top. Like the TOs are reinvesting money into the scene all the time, but they're also getting maybe a small profit from running local tournaments and stuff like that. Um, so the more we can help each other out and the more that we can get to know each other, and and really share our personalities with one another the more that we all want to support each other i know for example like the um, the hearthstone community is it's all online there's no face when you're playing you know it's just like your your character and the other character plays against the other one and you might have like a tag online or whatever but it's very like disconnected and kind of dispassionate um there can be streamers that have like 10,000 viewers but not even have 1,000 subscribers um, if you had a melee streamer who consistently got 10,000 viewers, you would expect them to have maybe almost double that amount of subs because of how passionately the melee community wants to support itself. Um, mm. And I think just like keeping that system going is really integral to the the growth of melee in the future. Oh yeah, I mean the the biggest appeal to me about this game was that um, when I'm playing LAN or when I'm you know have someone over to Smash Fest whatever. Um, there's no other game where I can be so satisfied, if not happy, even when I'm losing. I mean, obviously it mm-hmm. doesn't feel good, but <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're playing league and you're getting your ass kicked, like there's no one there for whatever reason, <laughs> just this anger starts dwelling. And even yes. net play sometimes, weirdly enough, sometimes with net play, and this is something mm-hmm. I've had to actively fight and, and work on it myself. But when you're by yourself in a room, just playing and, and someone's kicking your ass, for whatever reason, it's just like the gamer emotions come out and it, it gets really yes. bad. But um, I mean, I think the, the common experience we've all had is just being next to each other, playing this game. It just besides the game being amazing and, and being the best game ever made, it's it's really like an, an 
indescribable experience. Um, mm-hmm. And also, and this is something I wanted to ask you about, um, playing the game over time and be, getting involved in these communities, um, has there been anything outside of melee skill that you feel was improved upon? Something about your character or your maybe social skills or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, so it's really interesting. I think I'm, I have like pretty crippling social anxiety. Um, a lot of times I like can't complete like decently basic tasks because like I'm really afraid of how people will judge me uh, or anything like that. But when I'm with the Melee community, it gives me like an opportunity to like, I, it sounds weird, but like practice being social. And we all have this like connected medium that allows me to have something to talk about. But like it, it also branches open like, okay, well, now I'm in a conversation with this person. And I, I found so many friendships and like I'm able to talk to people that I don't know. I can introduce myself constantly. Um, and this was like before I was like a known player or anything. Um, but everyone is just so exciting and it sounds corny, but like it's Melee is this huge melting pot of a, diff- a bunch of different people and a bunch of different cultures that are all getting together to play the game. And uh, getting to know all those people has been really eye-opening and gaining different perspectives and understanding um, the struggles that different people go through as well. Um yeah, so it, it's definitely helped me in like a social aspect and like understanding people better and also being able to talk to others. Um, but also being a competitor, I like, so <laughs> to describe my college experience for a second, I've always been like a, a decent, I've been like a pretty good test taker, but I had a really hard time learning and taking self-responsibility. Like if if it was just me and nobody was forcing me to go to class, I might just skip class. If, if I really don't have to go, like, why would I have to do it? Mm. Um, but having something competitive like this and something where if I'm not learning faster than the other guy, I'm going to fall behind really makes me feel like, you know what, I'm going to take it upon myself to figure out how to learn the best. Um, and so I've done a lot of mental training about how to keep myself calm under pressure or how to perform well during that. I've uh, read the book, The Art of Learning, which I talk about literally all the time, um, which has helped me become just a better and more focused learner. So I feel like any task I try to learn in the world, whether that be math or science or, or melee, I feel like I can learn a lot more efficiently now because I was thrown into this competitive world. Um, I've, I've kind of gained that skill set over time. So it's helped me enormously in, in so many different aspects of my life, for sure. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. And it's always led me to, um, I haven't read that particular book, but obviously the, um, shit, the tennis book, it's so bad with names. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the, uh, the War of Art was one that really stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. it, Melee has like, kind of led me into these, um, even just like health and, and sleep and kind of thinking about myself in that way. I don't know yeah. if I would respect my body as much if it wasn't to get results in this game which which feels kind of backwards in a way but (laughs) i I feel like it's just like any other sport when you know if you need to show up on game day you're gonna eat better um and that just Mm -hmm. affects the rest of your life so yeah it's always cool hearing kind of other people's perspectives on that what's interesting that you say you um have have some issues socially because i've always actually seen you and granted we don't you know, hang out in person. I've only met you once mm-hmm. or twice in person, but um, mm-hmm. you've always kind of seemed to me as someone who doesn't shy away from speaking your mind or, or being open, um, either on Twitter <laughs> or on your stream. You've always seemed to um, be very upfront with whatever you have going on or things you're struggling with or working on. Um, mm-hmm. Was that like a conscious choice that you made at any point? Or, or 
Is it something you had to grow into being more comfortable with? Um, I definitely think that there were growing pains involved in like being so open. Um, I would say that like my, my biggest core value that I have in everything that I do is honesty. Um, and I realized decently recent, like I would say like within the last two years, how important honesty is and not only being honest with myself, but being honest with one person one-on-one or the community of people. So like if I'm struggling, I'm going to tell people that I'm struggling. I don't, I don't really want to put on a face for people. So being honest in a sense is just a really good way to start socially because if someone asks me a question, I'm going to tell you the honest answer. Um, so it makes it easier to kind of have like this actual dialogue where nobody's really wasting time. Um, but I, I definitely, when I'm thrown into social situations, even if it's in the melee community, I still have to like expend conscious, like, like emotional energy to being social. Um, a lot of times at tournaments, I feel extremely exhausted. And I like go back to my hotel and I just relax and I don't want to be around anybody. But I, I don't even think it's like necessarily the melee, melee that's like totally drained me. It's like actually meeting with people, meeting people that I've never met before, meeting people from all across the world. And, and now like I meet fans and take pictures and sign things. And like that stuff is kind of stressful for me, but it's kind of like um it's almost like an exposure therapy sort of thing where it's like if I throw myself into this and if I'm willing to spend the energy to do it, then like I'm going to become better and better. So it's definitely a, a conscious decision, I'd say. That's really cool, man, that you're kind of pushing through. And, and I mean, obviously, when, when someone comes up to you, you're really important to them. You're really important to a lot of people. And that's why they're <laughs> they're asking you for these these autographs. I think it's really cool of you to kind of um, give yourself to that a little bit. As your stream grows, that might be less and less viable. <laughs> I can I see, a, I don't I know, can see man. a world. Really? You think you just keep going? I just... I love the people, dude. I honestly do. Like, the thing is, the the whole reason I'm able to do this, and we, we touched on it just a second ago, is, like, everybody scratches each other's backs, right? So it's like, hey, this person meets up with their, like, hey, man, I really love your content. And it's like, this is the person who took the time to, like, watch one of my YouTube videos or check out my stream for a little bit or get to know who I am or even watch some clips of my Falco and really just wanted to come up to me and tell me that, like, I'm awesome or that I inspired them in some way. It's like, heck, yeah, I'll take a picture with you. Let's have a conversation. Like, it just blows my mind that at any point I would become some figure that anybody would look up to. So I, I want to give back to the people as much as possible. Um, so I, I almost hope that I don't blow up to some crazy level where I have to like avoid talking to people because yeah. I, I really, I don't hang out in the VIP rooms almost ever. I'm out there with the people. I want to play with the people. I want to teach people while I'm there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Well, good for you, man. You're you're a better person than I am. I have uh, I have one person come up to me say, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." And I go, uh, "I gotta go," and I just <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. yeah, I can't handle that. <laughs> totally joking, but you get the idea. Yeah, that's that's yeah, good for you, man. You definitely deserve it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, kind of as, as we wind down a little bit, there's a question that um, I wanted to give you some leeway on to some some time to answer. Um, sure. Because I, I ask this to everyone. I always get different answers and my favorite thing to ask. So hmm. uh, hypothetical, you have um, you've been put in charge of uh, a melee player. You're the sensei of one player. Okay. And they've been playing for a year. They have the basics down. You know, they're, they have access to all the resources that are available. They have a setup. They have time. Mm-hmm all that um what would be the main philosophy this is a multifaceted question so Mm -hmm. first what would be like your overall philosophy towards this person to to get them into a successful melee career 
Um, so first of all, what I, what I do with anybody that I teach is I analyze goals first. So I'll say like, how good do you actually want to get at the game? Like what, what do you see yourself doing? Like how far do you actually want to push this? Cause I think depending on where they want to go is, uh, it'll kind of shape the way that I would have them learn throughout their process. Um, and if they want to become the best player in the world, then, I mean, we can do that too. But if they want to be on their local PR, we can take steps to get there as well. Um, but it's, it's always analyzing goals first. Cause I think that, um, even like character picks can be an issue. If someone wants to be the best like player in the world, I'm sorry, but you can't play Ness. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, first is analyzing goals and then like, what's, what's a different part of that question? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What's your like overall philosophy to get them to have a successful melee career? Yeah. Um, so a successful melee career, like I was trying to think about it with like the different goals, I think that successful is like different for each person, but assuming that we've mm -hmm. like established a goal that they want to get good at melee and like just kind of make it. Um, I, I would really think that goodness, let me, let me think about how I want to answer this. So first of all, like I was talking about, I think that honesty is the basis for like a lot of different things. And I can talk about honesty for a long time, but, um, growth is one thing that at the foundation has to be completely honest. If your foundation is built off of dishonesty, if you tell yourself that you're better than you are, you're never going to be actually able to work on the things that you're bad at. Um, so a big thing for me is like making sure that you have recorded matches of yourself so that you can go back and see what you're bad at so you can go actively solo practice those things and then apply them to matches. I feel like this has been a big part of uh, like the whole entire learning system for Melee that's been lost. A lot of people, now that we have net play, they, they don't come home from tournaments and like open up the VODs and then turn on their CRT and practice. They go and play net play, which is fine. Or they like they repeatedly do one thing over and over and over again on Uncle Punch instead of maybe not working on that one thing and working on something that they're really bad at instead. Um, so at the basis of it all, they have to figure out exactly what they're bad at and tackle those things first. Um, the other thing as well is that you have to figure out, which is, this is something that I was happy that I kind of figured out um, decently quick into my Melee career, is um, figuring out what the uh, different reasons are why people win or lose, right? So at the end of the day, winning a tournament match is like you have to take their stocks before they take yours, right? But you can boil that down to um, it's just a series of different openings, and the harder you punish, the less openings you need, right? Um so you have to be familiar with all the different openings that you could potentially get or all the different situations to see which options you can use to open up your opponent. And then how you're going to punish the person afterwards directly affects how many more openings you need after that. So figuring out all the situations, gaining situational awareness, finding a mentor who can help you with those sorts of things. Because if you don't have a mentor, you end up doing a lot of different trial and error. You're like, well, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? And with a game as complex as Melee, you end up running to a bunch of situations where you're like, man, I, I really just wish I had somebody that would tell me the right answer. And luckily, the game has been out for 20 years, and there are people like Drug Fox or, or people like me or a bunch of different streamers that you can go to and say, hey, I'm having trouble with this exact situation. Is there, like, what's the best option there? You know what I mean? And so... Uh, if you can find a mentor, it's almost like a cheat code that you enter into your game because you no longer have to do that trial and error part of the game. So find a mentor, focus on what you're bad at, make sure that you're solo practicing, and be honest with yourself. It's kind of what I would say. Damn, you answered the other parts of my question. 
in that answer. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> shit. Well, I was gonna ask. Um, you know, what would the training regimen look like? And you answered gotcha. that completely. And then, how would you boil it down in one sentence? Which is what you just. You know what? I think we have to end there, man. I think. I think we just finished. I think we're perfect. done. Look, Ginger, this was amazing. I'm so happy you came on. Um, really quick, just kind of drop plugs. Where can people find you? Yeah, luckily, I have SSBM Ginger on all of my socials. So find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, SSBM Ginger. Um, check out your local communities. Find their local Facebook pages and, and go to a tournament. That's all I ask of you. <laughs> Damn. Well, you killed it. Super happy you came on. Can't wait to see how this tournament goes in California. Are you going to be entering? Or are you going to be playing? I will be entering. Yep. Oh, so it's it's bound to be sick. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute pleasure. Of course. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care.